0: A phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays
1: in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello and uh, good morning here in Chicago. Uh, uh, this is episode number 142 of Breaking Banks Europe. I'm your uh, you know, Breaking Banks Europe co host, Ajit Tripathi. And with me today, I have uh, Yelena uh kensborn and uh, matthias kroner so matthias is you know our co-host but today he is here in the capacity of a guest so he's going to be uh speaking for uh his 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 venture trade light solutions and yelena is the cmo of the quest hub which are launching an nft collection called the quest citizens they operate in the crypto space uh, and yelena's uh describes herself as a crypto growth hacker. So. Uh you know, I think we're gonna learn something about that as well because GameFi is an exciting field for that. Now, the, today's episode is about Game and uh, the reason this is so interesting is because in the in the in the recent years, you know the metaverse uh, has been a huge topic for Silicon Valley. and we are seeing more and more of electronic commerce and finance move to the metaverse. What's the Metaverse? I think it depends on who you ask. But what we know about the metaverse is that, you know, gamers are closest to it because gamers live in this virtual environment and they do all of the things that a lot of us will be doing in the future. So it's kind of an evolution of the Internet and GameFi or this combination of gaming and finance and, and commerce, right, is what's leading uh what, what's what's leading us into this new evolution of the internet that i think everyone is calling the metaverse so today we're going to be learning from our experts about game five which is uh you know some people interpret as gamification of finance some people talk about game games and finance i'm um, you know we will explore all of those uh so uh, without uh you know any longer introduction good morning uh and good afternoon in europe so yelena welcome to the show
2: Thank you so much.
1: All right, so, so for our experts, uh, you know, back to basics. What's GameFi and why should we care?
2: Well, I think the reason why we should care is that it's proven to be a very effective game changer for the whole world. Like, um, if you look at Metamask alone, uh, 10, 2 million out of the 10 million users are from the GameFi adopting countries, uh, such as for example the Philippines. So two out of ten users uh, have come through MetaMask using GameFi as a tool to make everyday earnings. And that's something that we've never seen before in the crypto industry. We've seen people making more money, we have seen black booms, we have seen downturns, but we've never seen such a big mass adoption in crypto on a such a large scale.
1: So, so, but, but, what is it? As in, uh, if you had to write a, a one bullet point, two line definition of GameFi for the average, you know, person on the street, what would it be?
2: Well, it's an opportunity to earn money while playing games.
1: Oh, so you're making money while playing games, Matthias? What do you think? What is GameFi? And uh, what are the dimensions of GameFi, and why should we care?
0: So, um, f- following the definition, so to say, if, if you if you Google for that, you you would see that GameFi abbreviation, just like DeFi, but um, a decentralized finance combining it with blockchain technology and the games uh, user experience, um, and uh, is is operating, so to say, in that gray zone of overlapping markets. Uh, which uh, by itself, at least for me, explains why it is so exciting. Uh, It comes along with games, and there are many experts saying that the metaverse, the bridge to the metaverse is the game or is the video game or or whatever. Um, And the game itself already is a very positive environment, you know, and and you're absolutely right. We need to speak about gamification and maybe at a later point, but the game itself is a very secure and very positive and positively reconfirming, motivating environment. So this is why we have 3 billion people. That is the size of the market when we speak about video games. And and now combining that and enriching that, just as Yelena said, actually, with uh, additional technologies like blockchain that allowed you to offer play-to-earn features and and, um, uh, actually functionalities, just makes the it is maxing it out, so to say. It's it's allowing you to make even more out of that uh, than just fun, uh, and this is why I think it's extremely uh, exciting and and a space you should be operating in, and you should have an eye on at least. Yeah.
1: So, um, I, you know, my son, I have a twelve-year-old son, and he spends a lot of money on Roblox. In fact, uh, I have. I'm always trying to, you know, impose sanctions, like a regulator on him to stop him from buying. All these digital objects and doing strange things on the Roblox platform, but Roblox has no crypto uh, attached to it. So, is 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 blockchain and crypto necessary for GameFi or, or you know, can we? I mean, what are people doing in GameFi? Is is, is blockchain and crypto necessary?
0: Maybe not, y- Yelena. Allow me one sentence for this. Maybe maybe not necessarily. Right, Not necessarily, and some are operating on blockchain in this environment without a clear vision why actually they're doing it. But on the one side, on the other side, we have a lot of, uh, let me say in the widest sense, digital assets that we can integrate in this guy, kind of game environment uh, that we can make tradable, that we can make uh, create in a way that you uh, can increase the value of it. Uh, we, we, we can speak about maybe blockchain-secured gamer profiles that are uh, delivering a kind of information and maybe an added value for a third party and so on. And there, yes, clearly, you have to be in blockchain. If, if you just take it as a replacement for your game coins, may well, I would say it, it's easier to have a game coin, right? But if you really want to create a... Uh, an ecosystem in the meaning of the word actually with various stakeholders which is protecting the value of the ecosystem and so on and so forth. Blockchain is it.
2: Yeah I completely agree with that. I think it's it's very well put Uh, and blockchain in itself is kind of like representing the idea of decentralized finance and why we have seen such a big adoption in was well, so-called developing countries particularly in southeast asia when it comes to gamefi is purely because of blockchain because like previously if you have a central company central server where that's taking all the profit well such as for example roblox it is up to that company to distribute that fairly and we are not guaranteed while well, with GameFi, you still have the opportunity of decentralized assets. So it's not like all sitting on a server. People can breed different uh, characters. They can swap different characters. This is all like a, a whole different ecosystem.
1: Right. So a couple of couple of things on that. Right. Uh, so just for full disclosure, I'm very pro crypto, and I. And I was I was hoping that this would this question would lead to a debate between Matthias and you, Elena. And I, I, I do have, you know I'm an advisor to Polygon and have previously worked for Aave, so I'm very close to the the, the entire Web3 space. And uh, but the, clearly the debate didn't happen, so I, I'm going to try to create some debate. Uh, so it's, you know, uh, so it's a certain. Um, so is 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 anyone in fintech or banking doing anything with GameFi yet? I mean uh because you know the banks are still not allowed to touch crypto so how far can we really go in game five if the, mm-hmm. if the financial institutions are not involved
0: if 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 the most bankish person in this video conference may ask uh, <laughs> if answer um and not being a banker by, by heart at least um well you are uh, ig you 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 know right it's it's um the let me say the incumbent or the traditional financial services industry is is first of all um, I would say to the huge to the major proportion very crypto averse if we speak about cryptocurrencies i think in the same time there's an increasing and a strongly increasing understanding regarding the the opportunities that blockchain as a technology is providing to maybe create new uh, asset categories to create maybe more uh, efficient processes you know uh, in order to um, overcome maybe, um, you know, in order to cut the corner when it comes to even back office uh, centric developments in that technology and so on and so forth. Right. So I think this is where we should not underestimate actually the will for innovation uh, on the financial services industry. I I will attend a session next uh, in, in September, actually, from a very, I would say, more like traditional and incumbent asset manager over here in in frankfurt and it's about digital assets and it's exactly about the metaverse and it's exactly about uh gamefi at the end of the day right so uh, and they have a shareholder conference and they're going to present some thoughts and ideas about that to their shareholder conference so see this is this i would say there is a basic understanding Um, Not with all and everybody, but uh, it's increasing and emerging and increasing. And uh, second, now when we speak about games, I think the financial services industry doesn't like to hear it. The industry itself is more in gambling when it comes to, for instance, options trading and stuff like that and brokerage. We have – that's what it is uh, on the one side. But on the other side, I think they increasingly understand that games, video games, are an environment where you can – encounter or you can meet your future customer and create some whatever kind of entertaining engagement right so now it comes to the point to to say okay once you understood that have you got a plan to enter into this uh and is maybe hsbc on sandbox one of the answers to this what what happened i would say is something like three or four months ago well, you know that's one way. I would say still the offer is very limited uh, to support the banks and insurances actually to move into whatever metaverse might be called.
2: Well, I, I totally don't see why you know there would be a, a need for a bank to move into the metaverse or the gamefi industry because it's clearly like been proven that it's functional, functioning quite well without. So.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> hinder. <laughs> so so, so, so like let's, let's ask a, a fundamental question, right? What sort, of, what sort of things are people doing in Game Five? What are the examples of applications from a user perspective that you have seen that are interesting?
2: Well, one of the uh, I work with Game Five projects every day. And um, one of the like sort of interesting uh, points is um, uh well there is um there is definitely like X infinity that you can breed and rebreed an Axie or a different asset to get to a set like a several level so you can get an asset sort of generating itself and get super strong now this is really interesting because if you take it outside GameFi and you kind of take it like a digital secretary kind of NFT and you keep on breeding that NFT until that digital secretary gets really good then you kind of have like a really clear advantage in the market because you can, you know, you can do bots that are so strong. And like the use cases for that are like, you know, showing that people are willing and have been doing it really efficiently. Like PegXC, for example, at the moment is 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 kind of struggling, but then again, they have proved that actually. Like there is this whole new possibility, the whole new market of horse racing that's just kind of cancelling out the real world cases, and as it's just like you get esports coming along along at the same time, and it just keeps you thinking like you keep on wondering would there be football in the ten like in ten years would there be regular sport you know it's kind of like from the business perspective, more efficient to just put it all in game five.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Now we have a debate.
1: Now- <laughs> Yelena, what you're saying is play-to-earn gaming is interesting because play-to-earn is where you know there was there was this whole narrative where a whole bunch of people in Philippines called or somewhere else that were called scholars were essentially getting loans from people to start playing a game called Axie Infinity and in this game they were able to you know uh, uh, buy or sell NFTs or or earned some tokens called Smooth Love Potion or SLP tokens, and that was a really big narrative for a while. But obviously, you know that game isn't doing so well now because a lot of the a lot of the gamers have left uh, because the token price dropped in value along with the rest of the market. Uh, uh, so, so, so I think it's not clear if that model was sustainable or not, and there is a whole debate about it. But it was really a great experiment. So that's that's the, that indeed is a, is, a, is an excellent example of where you know they. Integrated a, a decentralized exchange right into the game. They created an NFT trade trading platform into the game. So certain financial type of applications inter- integrated into a gaming experience. So, so Matthias, what's the other side of this? And, and, and more importantly, what are the other applications?
0: So uh, actually, um what, what I what, of course when when setting up Tradelite and our game publication, our game publishing platform Mobile Land, which you can see here. Uh, we, we, of course, had a very, very close look to what um, uh, Axie and others are doing. And I think they, it's, it's fantastic what was created. Absolutely outstanding. And many of those applications within the game I find to be really, really absolutely great. What, what I think, nevertheless, is the challenge for, for the future to understand and say, okay, what is a value-creating ecosystem then? And and then it comes back to the question of ecosystem, right? What is the ecosystem? What, is, what are the mechanics of the ecosystem? Um, how can we create an ecosystem that allows, by gameplay, actually to um, create value and protect value? Right, because uh, actually, what you what you just re, uh, what you just mentioned, like the drop in the price, in the coin price and so on and so forth, that is obviously the opposite of uh, value protection. So we need to think about the ecosystem itself first of all. Second, I think we need to clearly think about it because there's a lot of BS on the market in the meantime because a lot of kind of um, you know people I, I realized that development to be. the the opportunity to create a huge fortune within a very short time and a minimum of value proposition, which is very dangerous at the end of the day for the people participating in it. Um, There's a lot of, then next, there's a lot of criticism to some of those models saying, okay, yeah, well, it's a nice looking Ponzi scheme, but it's a Ponzi scheme, right? So it's actually looking for the bigger fool next day. Uh, which means, yeah, I buy a, a digital item asset for a low price and I'm just waiting to sell it to some fool for a higher price. And so on and so forth. And th- th- that all in all is not a very positive development because that calls the regulator on the plan into the conversation. Uh, I remember we had in Singapore already last year a conversation about that. Um, so I think coming back to the, to the uh, original starting point, Technology, games, uh, combining that with play to earn, all in all makes super sense, but I think we need to reiterate that into a next quality level in order to become sustainable, uh, in order to uh, more or less really protect the investors or the participants or the players, so to say, in such an ecosystem and create sustainable game-centric ecosystems that allow all and everybody actually to take uh, to. Yeah.
1: Positive out of it. Yeah. I'm I'm inclined to agree to both sides of this because you know we are so early and uh, everything is an experiment. Some experiments go well, some experiments go badly. Some go well and then go badly, and the other way around. Uh, So, 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 uh, so I I think. and, and and you know it's very hard to do risk free innovation. Otherwise, we would all be banks, and there would be no innovation. Uh, <laughs> so, so so so, what are the other applications? You know, uh, which which brings? Are you seeing asset management ap- applications, banking applications? You know, we we talked about trading. Uh, what what other applications are we seeing in GameFi uh, that are interesting right now? And then you know, if to, those you can bring those examples to bear, that'd be very useful.
0: Well, y- y- Yelena mentioned, uh, for, exa- for example, horse uh, races and stuff like that. So, we, we actually, yes, I know, and I don't want to mention names now because now comes my statement to this. There we are in camp, right? And, and, and we need to be very, very careful. Oh, not we here in the call, but they actually need to be very, very careful because they regard this kind of play to earn nevertheless gambling, gambling mechanisms, and by kind of circumvening central exchanges with peer-to-peer exchanges or decentral exchanges and so on, to be the, the the safe way now for offering off-license, nevertheless gambling, and so on. So this is exactly what I mean, right? So this is, this is, and yes, I also fully agree, Agent, that all this is in a very early stage. I'm just maybe more or less like listing the i would say the requirements and the challenges that we see and and the components we have to have an eye on actually when we want to move to all, the whole development which i find again to be super exciting and absolutely fantastic when we want when, when we have the ambition to make that a sustainable development yeah that's that's all i'm saying
1: uh, yeah no I I agree you know I've said this on more than one episode that in Europe our instinct tends to be to regulate before we innovate and uh, you know uh, but uh, I mean you guys are on the innovation side of this so 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 how do we bring this uh, uh, space and make it more relevant so part of the reason, you know Yelena you mentioned MetaMask and MetaMask is a is an Ethereum wallet right it can be used with pretty much any blockchain that supports the Ethereum Virtual machine standard for programming. Uh, you know that's a lot of words, uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's still a bit of bit of a pain for most users to use a crypto wallet. You know to go through the whole process of moving fiat into a crypto exchange, buying Ethereum or Matic or some other token, and then interacting with all of these games. So 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 the part of the challenge with Web3 gaming or crypto gaming which is one part of Game GameFi, uh, quite a dominant part of Game five is that, you know, the the UX and the entire onboarding process for most average users or even gamers. So I have two boys and I, I asked them to play Axie Infinity just to see how they respond. And then I asked them to play some of the other games, right? You know, Krabada and and they hated all of them. So, mm-hmm. so they, they spend, uh, so the, the elder one spends like eight hours a day on Xbox at times but he really didn't like and you I'm not saying that's representative but what i'm saying is that the ux of you know some of this game fire is still pretty painful for the average gamer so how do we you know what, what's going on to address uh, the ux issue and the and the safety issue around the ux
2: well i think it's uh, you know comparing X infinity to some of the major games out there is is kind of comparing like an early kind of simple civilization to to the futuristic like it's, it's been around for two years. We have to remember that. We have to remember that crypto has been, you know, officially around like for 15 sort of years. And it is it's really, really early days for them to get that success. And like I mean, this is about showing people that a decentralized network can work where people can well, in this case, play game, but could also do any other task. And that could go back to the ecosystem, the ecosystem takes care of itself. Then we obviously have the whole kind of like experience of putting like opening a wallet, so noting down yeah. your key phrase. Putting that key phrase somewhere that you inevitably forget, uh, like, uh, and if you by this point haven't thrown the computer out of the window, then maybe you can sort of like get a, some sort of exchange, get some sort of tokens. Uh, of course, like, you know, fifteen-year-old uh, boys are, are not gonna like have patience for that. You know, but it's. I, mean, I can tell you, forty-six-year-old
1: about... boys don't have patience for that. <laughs> This kitchen, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: and people who work with it all day also sometimes wear on occupations. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's all about like really giving it like not too much time, but this will happen. Right. So listen? crypto yeah. will be like the wallet creation. And I already know, know a lot of games that uh, we work with that basically the user never sees uh, the crypto part of it. Mm-hmm. But so, it, yeah. Allows, yeah, it allows yeah, so, decentralization uh, while like, mm-hmm. not kind of like frustrating the user. Yeah, I think
1: I've seen some examples where, you know, let's say there is something called sequence wallet where they are making it much easier to for the user to interact with, with games and certain other smart contract type of wallets where the wallet is built into the game. There are also non-custodial games, right, where the cryptocurrency... Interaction part is abstracted from the user and all of the assets are held by the game and internally accounted for by the game and the user hands over custody to the game. Uh, so there are various experiments that are going on. Uh, and you're absolutely right, right? We are probably in the Pac-Man era of Game of, of GameFi and Pac-Man was one hell of a game we still played, uh, <laughs> as opposed to the Call of Duty era of Game GameFi uh and or but but now we have seen you know uh so one of the things that uh, are you seeing any major gaming studios come into this space like you know epic games or universal or uh you know some of these other guys
2: yes of course i think epic has created a uh, a decentralized protocol uh i'm not 100% sure if it's going to be a utility token or nft uh we have seen Microsoft going through with Photo, which is an absolutely fantastic name uh, game, completely decentralized. So it's definitely happening. Like big studios are going into this and they're going into it with, with big pockets and, and a lot of bravado. Uh even now after like it's sort of like been a really hard year, uh, this you still see a lot of investments from bigger companies in this.
1: I think, Matthias, uh, what are you seeing in the industry? Well, Elena is definitely closer to the games industry
0: than I would be, uh, ever would be. But uh, even from my uh, remote, uh, actually, position, I would definitely say yes. But just like, you know, uh, don't under, again, I have to come back to one point. Don't underestimate the appetite for innovation on the banking side. And by the way, don't overestimate the appetite for innovation on the game side. We experienced some really very incumbent game uh, kind of ecosystem, game, video game ecosystem stakeholders who are absolutely conservative and, and more like incumbent on the whole topic and fully declare saying, no, we don't want to have that. Uh, and we're going to stay away from that. And remember, uh, I, I just think about but forgiving me being the eldest on the call, I can't recall the name now, but, they, they, but when there was one company saying, we're going to go into this, wasn't it Roblox, actually? We're going to go into this. And then the users protested on it with the kind of same criticism, not just, yeah. yeah, it's a scam, it's a Ponzi and so on. And then they had to pull back massive, big time, right? So, mm-hmm. well, you know, uh, I, I I like the comparison, actually, that we are currently in the, in the Pac-Man status or in the Pac-Man period. Pac-Man wasn't too bad. I still like no, it. Pac-Man wasn't bad, bad at all. Right. Very... I was in a boarding school where we had one of the first Pac-Man playing desks, actually. And and we had long queues of pupils, actually, uh, for the game. Um, and the break of, uh, in school was not long enough. So... Um, but again, I, I have to see, and, and Yelena indicated that there's a lot of money around, right? And we know from fintech when there is money around to be invested, even that we might have a kind of cooling down phase currently, but it will come back. Uh, I am absolutely positive about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the the, the, the honey pots are big, you will have the bees, and this is exactly why it's going to happen. I'm 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 absolutely sure. First of all, what I second can also share is that we see an on a very small scale but an increasing number of ex-bankers actually entering into the game environment right yep uh, that is good or bad news but i don't know let me let, let us discuss that next week um uh, next year i mean sorry but um the, there you see already the transition at the at the border lines actually so the border lines are really breaking down the demarcation lines are not that clear anymore it is it is more like gray zone-ish, increasingly gray zone ish on the on the border end. And and we will see where, where, where it all comes, where it all goes actually. But I'm very, very, um, very, very positive about it that this is a sustainable development.
1: So on this on the other dimension, right? So we talked about uh, first of all finance within games and you know crypto is a big part of that. What about the gamification of the The UX of finance, right? So we've seen there was it took ten years to go from websites to mobile, and you know uh, people were saying it's not happening, it's not happening, and then banks went mobile big time, especially led by the likes of you know uh, uh, neo banks like Revolut and Monzo and so on. And then it starts to happen. But is anyone doing anything about gamifying the day-to-day UX of finance?
0: let me let me let me we we did a fantastic renata will remember we did a fantastic podcast i have to say uh because i was moderating it on the topic of gamification and gamification versus games and and what what are, what are the the demarcation the lines between gamification and games and um what is the impact on uh on the user behavior actually and and to, to summarize that discussion in a nutshell, I have to say, and this is, of course, in my personal opinion, I have to say that I regard gamification actually to be quite dangerous within a real bank uh, user experience. Why? Because gamification, and really in just one sentence, actually makes gives the, the user, the customer of a bank, the feeling that he or she is in a game, which... By the definition of a game, it's a motivating, protected environment that does not harm or hurt you, right? But in a bank, actually, when you do a material, when you do a transaction on the market, it can be pretty dangerous because your 10k uh, US dollar transaction, even if it's gamified in the UX, it's a 10k transaction. And the money you lose uh, is is gone, right? So this is not coins, not nothing, but it's real money, net earned money potentially that you lost. Then, but it looked nice, you know. So that that kind of mat- very very fundamental risk is is actually not visible nor feelable anymore, and and that might even lead you to even more risky decisions than you would do in a, in, a, in a very neutral UX. So, you know, when, when speaking about gamification, we have to have that in mind. And uh, once we have it in mind and still can go for gamification, I'm fine.
2: Well, it, I think it's, I've seen more of that in crypto exchanges kind of use cases than I've yeah. seen in regular banks. Yes. Yeah, like, well, you know, trade yeah. 5,000 and get a crypto apple trade another two and then you get like a pair. You know, uh, in crypto we've seen a lot, like on exchanges.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and that is exactly only for increasing sales, right? This is yeah. not to give you a good game experience like within a video game, but it's only for increasing sales. And, and that I, I clearly have to say it is, is uh, very, very dangerous for the players and for the customers of such a platform. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think part of the challenge is, you know, when Silicon Valley uh, does gamification, they have, a, they have a huge amount of data. And, and a lot of that data that they shouldn't have about us, right? Our day-to-day behavior, where we were, geolocation data, uh, which where we have been shopping, who our friends are, what sort of things we like, what sort of things we dislike. The Silicon Valley knows an awful lot about us. So when they are doing, uh, you know, gamification, they have all of this data that's not regulated. Now, the challenge for finance is that, you know you can't really use much of the user data at all. I mean, the finance is extremely heavily regulated, which means you can't build a lot of context, which is required for gamification. So, so this will be an interesting one to solve now. Uh, I mean, whether for good or bad, Silicon Valley and you know, gaming companies are coming in big time and are starting to bite into what's traditionally finance, especially led by crypto. Uh, so, so for good or for bad, I think we will start to see far more sophisticated uh, technology and gaming, gamify, gamified experiences. Uh, you know, some will be good, some will be bad, some will be sustainable, some will be unsustainable. But you know, the the, the way of the only way we progress is by Trying things and making mistakes, and and hopefully, if Europe decides to regulate everything before it's even created, then you know people will just do it somewhere else. So, if, uh,
0: that, Aj, that that would be for the first time that a regulator would be proactive. The history of regulation, <laughs> right? The history of regulation is actually, and I'm really, I was more than twenty years a regulated board member of a bank of two banks. <laughs> I myself, right, and co-founded right. the team. Right. So the history of regulation is to be reactive not proactive and then over yeah.
1: okay overreactive, right? yeah. Yeah. overreactive yeah we're seeing that in we're seeing that in europe with Mika and you know some of the other uh, AM, uh, travel rule compliance type of rules coming through so we'll see how that goes you know it's it's an inevitable reaction to uh, of the immune system of the the current architecture of economics and society, that's perfectly fine. We'll deal with it. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity in this space. So uh, what's the message for our fintech community? That's our core audience. If you had to del- you know, close this with uh, with one message around both GameFi and gamification of finance, what would you ask our fintech audience of innovators and policymakers and banks to do?
0: So, well, yes, it's, the message is my core message to fintech and my core message to the whole financial services industry is don't regard video games to be a niche you finance guys are the niche video games is a much bigger market with Absolutely. more uh, opportunities for future than banking financial services ever will have so you are the niche. video games is a marketplace
1: that that's a that's a really powerful insight right that uh, consumers or uh, consumers are the are the market, and it's financial services, which is a niche activity amongst the millions of things that people do in their day to day lives, and especially with games, right? So the gamers, it's 180 billion dollar industry, uh, but you know, it's it's and and the and the customer is just about everyone. So so that that's a really powerful insight, Matthias. Thank you for that. And uh, uh, Yelena, any uh, final advi- words of advice to our fintech audience?
2: Um, and in addition to that, well, I completely agree. I think there's so much happening in this space. There's so much happening in crypto, and there is so much happening in gaming. Don't, as you said, uh, Matthias, uh, there is uh, a lot of things going on, even for us who work in the industry. There's just news all the time. And I think whoever is kind of not following that will be left behind. This is the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's-
1: uh so uh, and and uh, last question is how can i our audience find more about you and the work you're doing what's the best way for uh, them to find out
2: well i have a, an instagram account on Kitana. i do uh, loads of different features and news on cryptocurrency uh so that's probably the easiest way to find me if you want some news and just comments on nft space and the latest in crypto uh i we I am also the CMO of Quest Citizens. So if you are listening to this and thinking, uh, I really want to be a part of a really cool NFT collection, uh, please get in touch. Uh, we have wide list post allocated allocations still, I think. So, uh, so there is, uh, there is room for that. And as a utility, you get uh, like privileges on the Quest Hub, which is a, a platform where you can promote your GameFi project or your NFT project uh, to thousands of people.
1: Well, no. Okay. Thanks. And Matthias?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I need to say, Yelena, we, we need to stay in contact and we, I need to introduce you to Mogoland and what we're doing there because I think we can kind of uh, join forces there, create okay. joint forces. Yeah, because uh, what, what you what i learned about your platform actually sounds super super interesting to us uh and yeah and and then by by saying you will find me on LinkedIn, um, i'm identifying myself to be a more incumbent person obviously
1: <laughs> linkedin who uses that anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm sorry i'm not saying you will find me on facebook i lost my my login credentials Just look at
1: all the boomer as, they, as my kids tell me it's a boomer, I'm a boomer. Right.
0: I don't know, yeah, but that would be it. No, we will. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of news with with TradeLight and in particular Moguland for uh, coming up over the rest of the year.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, so sure. I we mean, uh, some
1: should... TradeLight and Crypto Kitana uh, and Quest. Uh, that that all the best with your NFT collection. Uh, about me, you know, just look for. Chain your on Twitter, uh, and if you want to see too many tweets, uh, and and for to find out more about Polygon Studios, please just Google Polygon Studios. Uh, in fact, it's you know most of the world's crypto games are on the Polygon network, and uh, absolutely. We work
2: really closely with Polygon Studios. We...
1: See, see, see. So yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we can tell you all all you need to know, and I think we have lots of Game resources to learn about Game on the Polygon Studios website as well. Thank you so much for uh, our wonderful guests, Yelena uh, Kensborn and Matthias Kroner for joining us to educate uh, and share their expertise uh, and views on this wonderful space of GameFi. Uh, This is Ajit, your host Ajit Tripathi, episode number 142. And uh, hopefully you will uh, find uh, all of finance far more enjoyable and useful and educational through this experience of gaming. Uh, and uh, signing off. Have a wonderful week ahead.
0: Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe,
1: a Provoke Media
0: podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.